I'll lead us in. Uh, uh, oh, also, uh, uh, just in case you're not confused, Jake, this episode is coming out on the 27th. That's next Monday. And that's the day after the election. So uh, we're just going to pretend that we know what the results are. Uh, <laughs> oh, funny. No, it's a good change of pace. Like, you know, it's like Jan Boomerman's still going to be Jan Boomerman no matter what happens. So, Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Nothing well, changes. I did a podcast like that in the states uh when trump won and <laughs> wait we okay. did a really weird meta thing i can't remember exactly how i did it we recorded it after but then we said in the podcast that we were recording it the day before so we were doing all this um like oh hillary's got it in the bag man she's gonna <laughs> fucking crush and like uh then it had it come out afterwards as if we had you know foolishly i don't know it's fucking weird it was like a time travel bit no, i get it. that's a good bit that's much better than our bit <laughs> <laughs> i'm keep. i'm just gonna keep this in <laughs> well it's i fun. can re- since it's the day after the election i can reveal what i knew for months even years which is that angela merkel has been tried and executed in secret uh yeah. <laughs> That was a clone the whole time, and the clone also lost. Uh, so fuck you, clone. <laughs> Is that part of like uh, PizzaGate or something? Does it spread over to y'all's neck of the woods? The cloning thing was uh, uh, that was QAnon. Actually, I have no idea where it came from initially, but uh, um, yeah, QAnon has definitely spread over here, especially the uh, yeah. um, ooh. How do you say like the uh, the crystal moms kind of version of QAnon of we're all yeah, yeah. spiritual healing and stuff. Uh. Fun f- fun thing about the Germans that I, I don't think anyone outside of Germany knows is um, they refuse um, what you would call Western medicine. Uh, um, the concept <laughs> of it it's frighteningly commonplace. How you'll just be like in a mass amount of play like pain or something, and they'll just give you like smelling salts. And I'm like, here you go. And I'm like, no, I would like an opiate. <laughs> <laughs> which, wait, which group of people is this? Um, all Germans. Oh. A lot of them. <laughs> Interesting. They they basically invented homeopathy, and they're very proud of that fact. Yeah. The uh, wow. They were doing, uh, one thing I think is indicative is they were doing, um, at the, like, corona, the anti-corona, anti-lockdown protests, uh, which mm. you maybe, you know, imagine, um... I think that the far right party was only the third. Like when they asked them who they voted for, I think the far right party was the third most common. Most common being the Green Party. So you can kind of yeah. get a sense of like what mm. this uh, constellation of people is. Not everyone, in, you know, it's like a big slice Not of the Greens, and then a little bit of uh, uh, sometimes they're racist. <laughs> it gets it gets all mixed together. Yeah, yeah. sure. They also meditated with the, the Constitution. <laughs> That's my favorite part. They would just sit down yeah. on prayer rugs and yeah. meditate with the yeah. Grundgesetz. And they would play Bob Marley literally and like all sing together. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, you should, no. you know, if, if you're ever in, if you're ever in Germany and there's a, <laughs> and there's a protest going on, do not miss it. It's the, uh, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. event of, they've been fascinating. Um, I'm, I want to go to more when I'm back. That doesn't actually surprise me that much. Being That's like fair. from Austin, where Alex Jones is from, a lot of where what he came from was uh, his humble origins. Before he was just like a problem, he was just kind of a goofy 
guy around town. And, you know, the conspiracy theory stuff he was into was like one of a number of little gimmicks he had. And plenty of the other ones were that you should smoke a lot of weed and, you know, see a, a mind dragon and have fun and, you know, just a little bit more harmless. So that crystal stuff, it's a lot more insidious than it yeah. leads oh, you to yeah, believe. Yeah. Crystals are a gateway Absolutely. drug. You gotta be careful. Yeah. I saw a picture of young Alex Jones recently and it was upsetting. He was he was handsome and kind of put together and now now he just looks like shit. <laughs> like, I don't know how He's so round now. He's so round. It's like I would respect it if you were pushing for some sort of like Guinness World Book of Records of like world's roundest man. This is like he's doing it. Yeah, but, he's uh, like he's red too. He looks like a geo dude or something. <laughs> <laughs> he's just kind of all arms and head. Hey, 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 this is your weekly corner spatey. Uh, on the mic, of course, is Kieran, and I'm joined by Rob, still in the United States. What's it like over there, Yo, Rob? Um, kind of cold today. No, oh, okay. Fair enough. Insightful. <laughs> <laughs> and also joining us, a special guest uh, uh, from Pod of America and uh, Why You Mad, uh, it is Jake Flores. Uh, top of the morning to you. It's uh, good to be here. That's not <laughs> cultural appropriation. One of our rappers did it recently. Oh yeah, no, don't worry. Jake asked me before we started recording. I told him he could say it. I gave him, I gave him the bog pass. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually know so few people who say top of the morning. I know no one who says top of the morning. Anyway, uh, that's not what we're here to talk about. It, it's the day after the election. Uh, um, we we did a big live stream. I hope you watched it. Uh, I hope the live stream was successful and didn't like collapse at several points. I think it probably will. Uh, um, and the results are in. And, you know, shocking upset. Um, Freyavela swinging the entire Bundestag, the entire party of weird cranks. I don't know how to describe the Freyavela. <laughs> Not yet, but but soon. The, uh, the, the crank parties are only going to get bigger and bigger. That's my... That's what I think. There will be more of them. And uh, actually, you know, I think even the... I don't know what will happen to all of the uh, the the Boomy followers. Um, but even they, I think, were susceptible. You know, they were like early Pirate Party supporters, a lot of them. And yeah. I don't know who, how they voted in this election, but I could, I could see them coming back around to another one of these like small parties until they just like somehow collect like 30% among all of them. If the if the head of the Berlin party like chopping up his mate and stuffing him into a suitcase, if that didn't put you off the pirate party initially, I don't know what will. Uh, so you know, fun stuff over here in Germany. Wow, um, <laughs> I am not going to pretend like I understood most of what you guys were talking about because I'm not a <laughs> not even a big electoral wonk when it comes to my own country. But that sounds very fun at, at the very least when somebody killed somebody and they still won an election is that what's going on we've had a <laughs> no, few no. of those <laughs> yeah the berlin chapter of the pirate party uh, uh the head of the party like killed someone and 
I think the story is the stuff he chopped him up and put him into a suitcase, and then like on the way to get rid of the body, he just like dropped into a shop, and that's how they caught him because he just like had to <laughs> collect a can of like <laughs> soda pop or a coke or whatever. Yeah, there were, there's some do. fingers sticking out. <laughs> well, you know, you're on a road trip. You got to get beef jerky and Skittles and a Red Bull. I mean, but it, it's still Berlin. It's like a road trip is like half an hour on the local train. Like, <laughs> oh, man, I'm hungry. <laughs> Killing someone takes it out of you. Um, yeah, sorry for that, Jake. You don't know which ones are jokes and which ones aren't. That actually did happen. Um, but anyway, let's see. The We're actually here to give a little bit of a reprieve from talking about uh, the German election for a very, very long time because it's over now, presumably. And... We'll probably have to talk about coalition building and stuff. And then there'll be the French election. Okay. We're going to talk about Jan Boomerman. Uh, um, the closest thing you get to Germany in a household comedy name, which is why we have yeah. uh, uh, Jake on to uh, dissect the comedian's mind. Yeah. Um, probably most of our listeners, certainly all the German listeners are aware of him. Um, he absolutely, we were talking about a little bit earlier. He's a bit like, his latest show, well, he's had a series of shows, but he's most famous for this, uh, Neo Magazine Royale, and then like, like a spinoff that's kind of similar, <laughs> but it's, but it's not exactly the same show, um, since 2019. And especially like 2014, especially 2015, 2016, um, he went viral a lot, whether it's, um, um, a, a video about Giannis Varoufakis, um, a poem he wrote about Erdogan that's, that we will talk about. Um, <laughs> kind of, uh, occupying the John Oliver role, like most specifically, like that kind of like zany, uh, I don't particularly like humor. And then like, all right, but let's be serious for a minute. And then talking about some, you know, the, some issue, uh, mm. going on in Germany. But he's like, whereas in the US, that's like a, like a booming industry. I think he's really the only one in that lane. At, at that level Wait. of fame. And so he, he has like an outsized influence setting, especially online, you know, where, where we are too a lot, um, setting like the terms of like what politics means and, and what, uh, what the, you know, what the line is on certain issues and what, and what people should care about. So what is your, uh, uh, first impressions? I, I sent you some clips, Jake, uh, the stuff, most of the stuff in English. Yeah. Um, my first impression is that his name was Jan Bomberman, and that made me <laughs> very nostalgic about a video game that we have over here. I'm sure you have it as well. Um, I'm an idiot, and so that made me laugh. But to be actually quite honest about uh, what I felt about his comedy, so I guess I was uh, thrown off a little bit because I hadn't done my homework, and I for for some reason I had heard recently that. Mm the right wing that we have so prevalent in our comedy of the States had, has been exported as well to, uh, to Germany. And actually like a friend of a friend had mentioned to me in passing, uh, that somebody was writing about this. And so I guess I had it fixated in my head. Oh, there's, there's like new Nazis in Germany. That's really interesting. And they're watching our comedy. And so when you, uh, had mentioned, Oh, there's a German comedian I want to talk about. I, I think I just, uh, had a, a crossed wire in my head and I was like, oh, that's what we're going to talk about. And then as soon as I started watching this guy, I realized that's not the case at all. So it's 
kind of more interesting now that I think about it, that there's like this, you know, kind of like, like you said, like a John Oliver liberal mm-hmm. type of comedy that is being seemingly exported to other countries because that's, um, you know, that's our other homegrown product. We kind of have these two big fighting, you know, threads yeah. of comedy in our mono or in our, our like mainstream culture. And, um, I hadn't thought about this in a minute, but now it's got my brain kind of reeling because I've noticed that this also kind of exists in, uh, in other countries. I mean, we export everything about our culture and comedy is so interesting because it's, it develops naturally in, you know, in other parts of the world, in every part of the world, kind of in reaction to its own society. But because American culture is like a product that is tried and true and you can make a lot of money off of and stuff and it's like respected and things like that, uh, you see this happen. The first thing that's kind of popped into my head that's occurring to me that's similar to this is uh, Mexico. So oh, yeah. in Mexico, I mean, you had this thing for a long time where comedy was, you know, a throwback to like vaudeville and uh you know, carnival stuff and the, the, what do you call it? The caravan. And you just had mm. fucking clowns on TV. And then at one point there was this ultra fast forward as if they skipped a hundred steps or, you know, skipped entire decades of what had happened in America. And there was just a John Stewart on Mexican TV, just sort of, <laughs> you know, raising one eyebrow and doing little yeah. voices and stuff. And it occurred to me when I was watching you know, these types of comedians coming out of Mexico, I was like, oh, they didn't, like, they didn't go through all the middle steps. Somebody literally just came in with a a bunch Mm -hmm. of American shit in a box. It was like, here, I'm going to show you how to do it so you can have a Jon Stewart or whatever. Um, And so I I guess when I was watching this guy, I was kind of, like, wondering, yeah, I mean, he's not, uh, like, an op. Like, he's not, like, somebody who was dropped in or, like, (laughs) airdropped in. but, But how did this sort of naturally fuse with this rising star in Germany and become like this, you know, thing that probably was mutually beneficial between him and, and, uh, the, the wave of culture he was writing. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a lot to be said about like, um, comedy as, or not comedy in general, uh, but like particularly stand up as a, a, a very American thing. Because that's like this that's the new wave of comedy that's happening now. Like he's like he is our age, but I think his audience is mostly like a, a Gen X or older kind of demographic. And then the younger audience in Germany is maybe being taken over by this this other comedian called Shahak Shapira, who does his com his stand up in English. He just also happens to speak German. He's uh, uh, Israeli Jewish, so he also has this like outsider perspective on like everything that's happening in Germany, and they're like fascinated with that. He's very like America looking and stuff. But the thing you get with Jan Bummerman and like a lot of his comedy because it's a lot of like song and dance routines, uh, and that gets to the origin of a lot of Jar- German comedy, which is cabaret. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So a lot of uh, German artists, um, I think of him as almost like a uh, like an earlier generation. Even though I just looked it up, and he's technically younger. Is someone else we referenced on the show named Mark Uwe Kling, who like also 
kind of was famous for these like left-ish um, uh, like songs and he would do and he has this like kangaroo character that he just does the voice for yeah. and there were like radio shows where the kangaroo was like I don't know like a communist from East Berlin and you know a lot of the jokes are just like they're just like yeah the kangaroo has a song to sing and then he sings songs about you know the SPD or whatever um, and they go on zany adventures in Berlin and that stuff was pretty yeah. pretty popular um, and that is definitely more Jan Bimmerman's like what he's coming out of this kind of like I think of it as almost like not cheesy but almost like too sincere like too like well I don't know sincere is not the right word because so much of it is like satirical but like um, you're the comedy experts you, you should have a word for this but like just Jan <laughs> Bimmerman's like it's so like uh, I don't know I cringe a little bit right <laughs> like with these songs and like United States of Europe and like just the oh, makeup no and everything is, I, mm, I could see like a tiny bit of a joke I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just. Go I didn't through. really we'll, understand we'll that. that one. <laughs> you know I understood the elements that they were throwing together at each other to make it, and it looked exactly like something you would see on, you know, a short-lived Netflix series or something here. But maybe also not understanding really what they were saying politically. I was kind of in awe of it. <laughs> we can watch it all yeah, together that's again. Fair. The only thing I wanted to say <laughs> was there was this show called the Hoyta Show, which literally means. Today show, Today show, which was basically a like a straight adaptation of the Daily Show, um, that came out in like 2009 ish, and mm. I don't know. I feel like it didn't. I don't know. It's, it's still going, but I don't. I don't know if it, if it reached the level uh, that Jan Böhmermann did, and maybe it's because Jan Böhmermann is more like um, comes out of a more these more German traditions. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think for your sake, Jake, it, it's worth explaining the kangaroo thing more because that's the most absurdest <laughs> thing that I ever encountered. I just dropped that in. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I'm so curious. Yeah, so it's, it was a collection of originally like short stories, like a little novel type thing, uh, and that's where a lot of comedy can also come from in Germany is like written form comedy. Mm. It was uh, it started it was as radio. Also... It started as a Berlin radio show, I should say, but oh, it, it, okay. it became like nationally known as the, as a book. Yeah. As a book, right? Yeah, because that's also where Jan comes from. He was a radio host and like columnist and stuff. That's his like start in comedy. Uh, he went to school for like journalism. Never did stand up. Never did like improv. Never did sketch comedy or anything. Um, but the kangaroo thing is literally they made a movie of it recently. Of there is a CGI kangaroo like Kangaroo Jack, but he's just <laughs> meant to be like a Berlin dirtbag. Um, <laughs> There's literally just, like, lines about, um, like, because he has this kind of, like, straight-faced, uh, straight-laced kind of, like, uh, uh, um, human companion who's his, like, roommate or whatever. And his human companion's, like, a, a well-meaning social democrat and the, the kangaroo's an anarchist. And there's literally lines in the movies like, oh, yeah, it's fine, you know, you're well-meaning, but, you know, until the revolution comes, I'm going to kill you. Uh, uh, or when the revolution comes, I'm going to kill you. The kangaroo's saying this. And this is just, like normal german comedy <laughs> well uh, am i supposed to love that because i kind of do that sounds yeah. kind of fun is i've it... read it i've read the books um they're like <laughs> you know it's a, it's a good time it's the... it's very popular with like adults read it too but it's very popular with like 14 15 year olds who are like wow this is this is some like radical stuff and like you know like much reminds... love much, much love for breaking into that 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 uh that niche yeah, yeah. System of Down was a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with a talking, smoking kangaroo. 
That kind of reminds me of like um, Fritz the Cat or something. Like I can see how that's fun for a teenager who thinks he's watching something a lot more edgy than it is. Mm. I think, yeah, I think remember uh, the review of the movie was was like everyone was afraid the movie was going to be like really Trump focused because the end the like main bad guy is this over the top property developer. But no, they, he, he, the property developer doesn't run for president or whatever. It's just like a property developer. Okay, uh, wait. So this is where Yan Bomerman came from? <laughs> no, sorry. This sorry. isn't a side. This is just the the grander context of German comedy. This oh, okay, what, like, okay. I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. but I do think Mark Uwe Kling is more German than Jan Böhmermann, whereas Jan Böhmermann, because his show is so like ingrained with the internet, like funny, funny videos and gifs, and like he is that like. Mm. Um, I don't know what what do you think, Kieran? Because you know it's not American, but it is like English language internet that like kind of dominates and starts a lot of uh, memes and yeah. gifs and whatever that the Germans like you know pick up on, and it doesn't even have to be like it, it can become their own thing because you know it's a lot of a lot of them don't use language or whatever like, um, and Jan Böhmermann absolutely like makes his comedy out of that scene, so maybe a little older than than the. You know, someone who just read, uh, probably more male dominated, um, just like yeah. more like Reddit guy fans, um, who are like, yeah, spending all the time online. And then they watch Jan Böhmermann, who's also like laughing about the same like old videos they found. Oh, is he, does he have like an online, uh, I, I'm confused because he has so much online content and you can tell that th- this stuff is going viral, but is it fans that are online or is it like, this almost struck me as stuff that in a United States audience would be very pedestrian. And so the clips would be circulated online, but that's almost an afterthought. Like in American television, stuff is made for television. And then like if you work on a TV show, part of your job is like, okay, now put this on the internet and make sure it gets mm-hmm. extra mileage or whatever. But if this is like an actual proper internet freak, that kind of makes a little more sense because he was doing like, um, like that Giannis Varoufakis, uh, uh, I'm sure I butchered that guy's name. Varoufakis, yeah, you got yeah, it. Uh, or yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, guy with a fucking lot of uh, letters in his name that I never pronounced correctly. But um, that that video, <laughs> I know, like I made a note when I was watching it. I almost veered into like Chuck Norris joke territory, and oh, yeah. I was like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting because that was a thing that internet dorks were into in America ten years ago. So is this one of those things where it it's trickling into another culture a decade later, or is this all? This is just a hacky joke at this point. I, I think it, one of Rob's recurring bits is that like all memes come to Germany like ten years late, like that we just got the I can have cheeseburger meme or whatever. Um, that point's like, so old though that that was that was four that was like four years ago I made that point so who knows <laughs> yeah, who knows where we're at now? now we have to keep going yeah yeah they're just doing Harlem Shake for the first time um, oh yeah, it, fun <laughs> um, the internet has kind of served as this equalizer and I don't know what you would how you would describe it so hmm, I think you're right Jake that this has become internet freakish but very quickly into so this show, I think, starts in, if I remember correctly, yeah, 2013. Um, the uh, Neo Magazine Royale, he's been on like TV and radio and stuff beforehand, but he's given his own show. Um, and it's put on to like, 
a national broadcaster's like second channel that's meant to be for like the young and the hip and the edgy, uh, uh, which is ZDF Neo, which is why it's called Neo Magazine Royale. Um, and then eventually it does so well, they put it onto the main channel. But the whole thing is that I think after the V for Farofakis video, um, they're like, oh shit, we're doing internet stuff now. Um, <sighs> because before that, and still the bulk of the show is kind of like your straight-laced, what you're maybe more describing, like John Oliver... Uh, um, internet circulation is an afterthought but then I think they had so much success with the V for Varifakis thing that they were like fuck we gotta do this now and I think he's correctly captured because the other thing about doing it in English that's like to do something in English in Germany is more to be like we're youthful and cool that's what that's kind of signaling yeah basically like we get ads for like oat milk here in berlin like billboard ads in german cities but written in english because they're like yeah we're the young cool oat milk brand or whatever well also the thrust of the jokes in a few of these videos seemed very like self-congratulatingly liberal and uh you know we're not the dumb dumb conservative reactionary trump people you know, I mean, it was like really similar to kind of hokey American liberal comedy. So I, I guess some things uh, don't change anywhere you go. No, no, God, no. Uh, the other thing I like really, if we haven't stressed enough, he basically has a monopoly on this. Like, <laughs> I like when I was doing research, I was like, oh, he was on Seth Meyers, and then I remembered. Oh, there's a Seth Meyers show in the United States. Like, I forget <laughs> yeah, how many different late night shows there are in the States because there's so fucking many of them. And like, no, nah, this is the only one. All the rest would be like aimed at maybe very different demographics of like, we're going to have like a very dry show talking about politics for like people 60 and plus kind of thing. This yeah. is the only one that's maybe that kind of like 25 to 35 or maybe 39 bracket. Yeah. That's the, the way the, interesting. The way, uh, the, way the U S has uh late night talk shows, Germany does have like round table shows that like, yeah, German boomers watch where it's like several, like an expert from the, you know, from, or from each party. And then they, they like the, like Sunday talk shows. They love that where they all sit around and, oh, and, and, and have a little debate. Literally round table. It's so funny. They don't face the audience. They're, like, they're on the table. And the audience are just looking at people's backs. It's great. I mean, I don't know if it's just that I live in America and that I'm just used to the things that we have here. Hmm. And I'm not noticing that plenty of American television is absurd. But when I watch television from other parts of the world, I see a round table and I'm like, no, that's insane. You're not supposed to be doing a round table. You're supposed to be doing Maury Povich, which is normal, which is a thing that we have on TV here yeah. that is completely insane. But, you know, to me, it's normal or whatever. So it's interesting to think about that given, like, there's no, there's no normal. There's no, like, there's no context within which a comedian works where there's yeah, yeah, anything we're all, we're all, to grab onto whatever yeah, 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 yeah so these these like exporting a john oliver type thing or whatever it's interesting because it's a tool that grabs you a certain market that hasn't been carved up to death in a place outside of america it's so you see it happens a lot actually where um because like we were talking about earlier stand-up comedy is american art form you know 
here there's tons of competition to do exactly these things that have been built from the ground up here but i've noticed there's this thing that like international type comics will do where you know you'll have like like uh russell peters or something like that who's like um i mean he claims to be sort of like the international comic but like um Who's another example? Like Sugar Sammy is this guy I oh. met who uh, I don't know if you know him, but he he does comedy in like three different languages. This is kind of his claim to fame, and because he has you know uh, I can't remember exactly what his nationality is, but he has his home country, and then also he performs in like French in Canada and in English. Um, you know, instead of com- instead of competing in America to try to become one of the Seth Myers is if you have like another country that you can just take this to and be the only person that does it, you carve out a healthy amount of real estate there. And I think it works pretty well for the comic. I'm kind of curious what the byproduct of it is for the country though. If we are to go down the road of asking whether these things have any effect on culture, you know? Sure. I mean, I I do want to say just to kind of add to that point, like, I I do I did I and mean, the pandemic's still kind of happening, but I did like English language comedy in Berlin, which is a nice scene because like no one's trying to be famous because that would be an insane idea. You're in Germany, this isn't going to work out. Yeah. Um, but the, I have seen people who like start uh, uh, are already fluent in German and they'll start doing English stand-up comedy, and then like a month later they're like, I'm going to try this in German, and then a month later after that they're on Austrian television. And it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, it just uh. happens really quick if you just can speak German. They, uh, uh, there is kind of like a college industry and they are kind of scrambling for talent. But like, it is also very national broadcaster oriented. So there's like less kind of competition. Like Yam Boomman being like the only show, bar some others that are aiming for different demographics, is almost by design. Um, yeah. Not going to... Yeah, yeah. And... In terms of cultural products, I don't really know. I mean, I I do want to talk about the V for Varifakis video just a bit yeah. more because I want to do some I... some video analysis here. <laughs> I want to pick your brains a little. little I want to uh, talk a little shop. <laughs> all right, all right. Because the thing I want to talk about with that is that I think is probably his only successful joke, or definitely the most successful joke, and it's the meta level of this joke. Um, because the whole point of I think that music video was. German media, particularly German conservative media, got really obsessed with Yanis Varoufakis, this Greek finance minister who didn't accept, like, Germany's, you know, diktats about, like, how the euro economy was going to, like, function. Uh, And Germans still get, like, a lot of German conservative types still get really upset about the idea of an ungrateful Zoodlander, like a southerner or whatever, like someone from Mediterranean countries. They're like, you're swarthy, you go back to catcalling and drinking alcohol. You don't know how to like run an economy or whatever. <laughs> and, <laughs> but I think he very correctly pointed out like this weird terminal obsession because I don't know if you saw, but at the very end of the video, they have like an actual clip of Yanis Varoufakis saying uh, um, something along the lines of like, uh, stick the finger to Germany and say this is your problem now, right? Where he's giving a talk, it's right. an actual clip of him. The thing was that was taken out of context. That was like Yana saying, like that's what we can't do. We're not going to do that. But because of this video, 
German media, like German print press, fucking lost their minds <laughs> and uh, um, got really pissed off. And then, like, in response, Jan Boomerman makes this fake mini documentary about how, like, they faked the whole clip. Like, they did a fake making of where they're all, like, big, giant, green, anti-circus green suits or whatever, um, just pretending to be Yanis Farafakis, and the whole clip was faked. But, yeah, I, I, I think that's the urge that works, because the meta level of just mocking the press's obsession with Yanis Farafakis worked. But yeah. I think it was completely incidental. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I... I don't. I'm, I'm kind of operating between behind a few layers of um, like we all are. Don't worry. <laughs> disconnection from this to where I almost feel like I'm gonna look like a dork for going. Like I think that's that was pretty funny. This some of this is I don't hate it. Like there's I, something comedically somewhat impressive happening here. Yeah, I, I wasn't no, sure I if wanna... this was the type of podcast where we're supposed to be just like <laughs> roasting the shit out of the guy or whatever, <laughs> which is common in podcasting. But I'm kind of oh, fascinated because yeah, yeah, yeah. some of this stuff works. But you're, I feel you're allowed to well, if you want. You can go back and forth. I know, but I, I I'm also aware of like you know that might just be my own perspective because I had this thing happen. I'm kind of curious actually as, as Europeans to mm-hmm. ask you about this. Um, the uh, I got my hands on a DVD. This is how long ago this was. DVD copies of the IT crowd when it had first come out. And, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. uh, but it, I was in America and me and my friends sat around and watched it and we thought it was the funniest fucking thing we'd ever seen. And mm. years later, I was talking to a British guy at a bar and I was telling him, yeah, I do stand up and stuff. And we were talking about comedy. And I asked him, like, do you guys think that show's funny? And he told me, oh, you know, I guess. But he said it as if he was like, like, it was very pedestrian. It's like, ah, you know, that's like uh, King of Queens or something is yeah, in America. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's your parents like it, and it's actually, like, kind of yeah. dumb. And I was like, that's interesting, because I genuinely found it very funny, but I believe you that it's passe in your own experience. So, like, how does this work? Like, how does this comedy translate like that? And when I was watching this guy, I kind of, with all that in mind, I was like... I have no idea whether this is good or not. All I can go off of is that there's parts of it that are kind of working. I kind of see the the cleverness in some of this, but I can't tell whether it's commonplace or whatever in the context of the, the audience. It's like it's like it's that really interesting thing that happens of like uh, uh, stacking comedy like comedy products against each other of whether they're like mainstream or cult and like if something becomes cult, you kind of give this this significance that maybe it wouldn't have if you just stacked it up. I think a good example of this for me was like the the uh, um, Canadian cartoon show Clone High. Oh, which, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Which, like, I viewed as, like, cult because um, no one in Ireland bar, like, the friend who showed it to me had ever heard of this show because by the time I found it, it had already been cancelled due to riots in India based on, like, the depiction of Gandhi in that show. Wait, is that why uh, that show got cancelled? Yes. No! Yes, that's <laughs> that show got cancelled. That's incredible. Um, and, like, in my head, that has, like, this cult comedy status where, yeah, you're right, like, IT crowd was on, like, primetime British television or whatever, so you're just like... Like, I found it funny, but it was, like, I didn't have... I didn't put it into the same, like, reverence that I would clone high because this was like this rare gem that I found that I had to like pirate off like a weird like Kaza or uh, uh, something that gave my computer like a consuming disease. Um, 
yeah, I, I think like if you talk to British comedy heads, they're like, oh yeah, that's mainstream. What we're really into is something like Alan Partridge, which was like very obscure and has that kind of cult status amongst British people. But like, I don't know. When you stack them side by side, I'm like, is there really any difference here? Well, it does. Personal pl- preference. I mean, that all that stuff does play into like what's going on with a guy occupying the John Stewart or John Oliver like position in a mm. society's culture so like is he, do people think of this guy as annoying the way american leftists think of our john olivers and stuff like that or is there conversely another audience which is you know analogous to our john olivers and stuff like that are there people that think of him as really clever for being this like underdog who is constantly satirizing the right wing and stuff like that i mean because people do enjoy that when they perceive that person as being like a cool, subversive figure on some level. But I just have no, you know, uh, feel for yeah. what the landscape is like there. For sure. I don't know Rob, what you, you have think, any thoughts about Kieran, but um, yeah. I think he still has like a broad enough appeal. I think we kind of think he's a dork, uh, even though some of the video. I, 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 I want to explain why I like some of his videos, even if I like disagree with them. Um, like, like, like the police son one. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, maybe, one maybe not unlike Graham Linehan, right? Who like with the IT crowd, maybe by that point he was like, you know, already on his like, what, fifth show or whatever. So maybe he's like, you know, the, the, uh, the, the appeal is, has worn off or something. Whereas for Jan Bummerman, I want, I want to like emphasize or clarify that like, I do think that he borrowed a lot from the U S but at, uh, the show is very German. Like it's very much talking about like German politics and like dynamics in Germany. And since like 20, it's not a coincidence that like 2015 to 2017 is when his show blew up because that's also like the start of a political shift in Germany. Not, not that, not the same level as 2016 in the U S but like from the rise of the far right, uh, you know, the like, uh, refugee crisis crisis. into the 2017 elections is when like, people are kind of like horrified by the rise of the right and what does this mean and what do we do and Jan Böhmermann absolutely like took over the lane of like the youth resistance they don't say resistance but like that kind of broad-based appeal and he's still like I don't think people are like like if you were to like you know take him to task for I don't know not being a leftist people would be like yeah well what do you expect that's not really who he is um the second aspect of that is um, because his show is still kind of like organically interacting with internet culture, there's this other guy who everyone knows in Germany now, but we never mentioned on the show, um, named El Hotzo. He's like a Twitter and Instagram and got famous <laughs> in Germany. He's literally like, he just tweets 20 times a day and, and just like, you know, just grinded his way to, to fame. I don't know if we want to give him a, uh, a, a comparison, like a Brandon Wardell figure or something. Um, but uh-huh. he like speaks to like, vaguely leftist things like oh i can never move out oh like um you know kind of like anti-racist um um probably actually now that i think about it maybe more in, a, in another kind of shifting context in, in 2020 because um the george floyd protests had ramifications here too um but my point being that like there's almost like they're all kind of included in the same family like jan bimmerman has done a lot of like activist stuff too like which is just tweeting and like telling people to like you know uh <laughs> like yeah we have to like stop using coal and like there's this uh this 
uh, these climate protests that I also was part of that he was like would tweet support out for. So like he's kind of yeah he he's maybe doesn't get in the way. And then also if like his show like nurtures like up and coming left wing uh, voices, then that's also like you know maybe he's given a pass or something. But there is even a little bit of a shift from if the 2015-2017 Jan Bumman was mostly like you know this far right is dangerous and we have to do something now it's like all the major parties are complicit and so that led to first the rise of the greens and then maybe like you know smaller parties which i mean if if there's a if there's a critique of this which i think we would both share Kieran of the like anyone but the major parties is that th- that doesn't necessarily lead to the left party it could just lead to 5 million crank small parties which claim to be doing x y or z about you know we're european citizens but then actually just have the, the same exact program as like like if the bourgeoisie had one mind and can just write it <laughs> like yeah yeah the the uh, the 2015 thing is worth mentioning because the second video that i linked to you, uh, uh jake was the like rammstein parody thing that he did called be deutsch uh um where like, that's very much in response to like the huge amount of largely Afghan and Syrian refugees arriving in Germany and certain segments of the population being classic, you know, Nazi Germans. Um, that's his like response of like trying to depict modern Germany as this like even handed, um, like pragmatic and open and welcome kind of country, which is ideology for sure because it's not that <laughs> but like there's <laughs> uh, but there's definitely like people like him people who enjoy his show really really like to think that's the case or like that the kernel of it is at least there and it can become that um yeah that's that's kind of where that's coming from yeah that's the one that reminded me so much of the way americans tend to think of themselves as enlightened or american liberals and things like that mm. The, definitely yeah the time the timing and the concept of that video was like you know art is what it's like one part craft one part you know spirit or whatever the the point you're making and like with some of the stuff i'm looking at it and I'm like at least craft wise this is very funny it has timing and stuff and it reminds me of something that could have easily come out of like um you know, whatever studio here, like it could have could could have been in in like a Ben Stiller movie or something. Like, uh, but the point that that I guess they're trying to drive about uh, this this distinction that they're making between them and like the reactionary right is, I don't know. It just seems pandery to me. It just reminds me too much of like you know, the rally to restore sanity and stuff like that here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Like, uh, um, and also like uh, the amount of like false pretenses, this kind of goes off of just like, Oh, uh, um, because he's leading into that whole thing of everyone thinks like Rammstein is like neo-Nazi, um, rather than the reality is, which is Rammstein are actually incredibly anti-fascist. And while a lot of bands that look like Rammstein are, uh, uh Rammstein are, uh, uh, um, neo-nazis they don't work with them and they'll pull out of major events and stuff and they because they're like germany's biggest band they have the ability to do that yeah uh, and like sway that kind of shit but like i don't know some of these lines i do have to give credit for i still love the v for farifakis line of like we are germans we started two world wars and almost won them both 
Um, like I, I do <laughs> like that. Um, or just the, like the chorus being like, we have the largest gold deposits in Europe. Please don't ask where it came from. Um, because yeah. that, is kind of, that is stuff that I think before Jan Boomerman, there was just like no jokes about let me, media. Let me ask you a question about that. Because what I had always heard is that, uh, at least for certain generations of Germany, it was like really taboo to talk about the you know the whole thing that happened and then like i'm curious did that translate to comedy in that was it taboo to joke about where all the gold came from and then was there like a rubber band effect where because it was so taboo like i always imagined okay eventually you get if you make it if you make it extremely taboo to joke about something eventually it becomes really funny and you get like edgelords that are going to poke it because you're not supposed to poke it or whatever. I mean, has any of that stuff played out or is he the first person to be making these jokes on that large of a scale? Is that why he's funny? What's going on there? Yeah, I think like German comedy, uh, Rob can correct me or anything, but like German comedy before him was, I think in general, kind of hesitant to talk about anything like really big picture. There's like this whole kind of... I think on a day-to-day basis, or like especially older Germans tend to prefer comedy that's maybe a bit more like interpersonal or absurdist, uh, um, where no one is really the bad guy. Um, mm-hmm. Like miscommunications are funny, or like pratfalls are funny, which I'm not saying they're not, but like that might be the extent of it. But that, as a form of comedy, does like very conveniently veer away from you know, making jokes about where the gold come from. Yeah, no, that is really interesting, because that is a thing that you see What on uh, my show, Why You Mad. My, my co-host, mm. Luisa, is always talking about how uh, rich people do that, because, uh, you know, why, why does a rich person want to talk about the big picture? Well, it's probably a bummer for them. They're complicit in a lot of the parts <laughs> of it that are not good. So, you know, a lot of this really great, absurdist, you know, surreal humor that we get out of our uh, our adult swim people and stuff like that is is cool but it's also like seems to be coming from this desire to uh want to make a really specific experience the subject of comedy and not all of experience so that tracks yeah. to me that's interesting hmm. do you have anything to say about that uh robert do you think that like tracks for historical german comedy I think probably. I was just thinking what the Nazis would label degenerate stand-up comedy and whatnot. <laughs> they, probably, they probably have some strong opinions. Uh, like I think if the, if they had enough time, they would have labeled it a Jewish art form or something, which <laughs> kind of is, uh, especially in America. But like, um, it's it's okay. Yeah, it, it's super interesting because I think Germans are very open to that. I haven't seen like a rubber band rubber band effect, but like. I mean, you had, like, academics and history in, in Germany as late as the 90s trying to do, like, Holocaust revisionism. And these were, like, fairly senior in German universities. The uh, uh, the problem was not dealt with or was dealt with very, very slowly. Uh, uh, I think comedy and TV, by and large, maybe served as a distraction from it if it wasn't, like, an expressly political talk show. That would be kind of like my take on that whole thing. Um, yeah, the 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 consequences of the Holocaust have resulted in some weird things. Like even particularly like everything about like Jan Boomerman's comedy is there's often this kind of like undertone of like oh yeah other countries can go right wing 
but it's really bad if we do as if germany mm-hmm. is somehow special and like no other country is capable of doing what they did um mm-hmm. which is a very almost anti-deutsch take which is just like the germans are inherently evil <laughs> <laughs> yeah only they could have done nazi shit yeah, well, there's also that Trump sketch where they're sort of yes. saying, you know, don't do it. We did it, and it went really badly, you know, so we have this, like, mm. wisdom or whatever from perspective, which uh I, you know, makes sense as a joke, I guess, at least to me. The Trump jokes were god-awful and hacky <laughs> and... <laughs> I mean, it just makes my skin crawl because we're inundated with that stuff left and right. Well, I guess everyone is everywhere. I don't know. I, it's funny being in America because you keep thinking like, um, you know, I'm going to explain to you what's going on in America as if you don't know because like our stuff is <laughs> is blasted in your face and it's not a two way street. So it's really funny. But uh, but yeah, I mean the Trump the Trump jokes in that one were like, I mean. Do oh, people yeah. find that funny there? I don't know. I'm I, they curious. did. They did. So wait, Kieran, I want to ask you because you were in yeah. uh, probably Scotland at the time. That was like the most viral of them. The America first, Germany second, because like yeah. every country would do a version and like, yeah, like at the office, like everyone would be like, oh, did you see this? Like everyone would want to show me like the, the next video of the of the. the... Yes. And then they made specific ones like Baden-Württemberg second and stuff. <laughs> Like a state in yeah, Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so like the horrifying thing about the America first country second thing, it was that was like every country in Europe's like equivalent show did their own version. It was actually started by a, a Dutch show, uh, um, like Sunday with Lubach, I think is what it was called. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So they're all terrible. Like I, I, I'm really sad to say, Jake. That's like maybe top five of them, and there was like thirty something of them from different shows across the country, across the continent. But so, Kieran, what's just tying that into the United States of Europe thing? I do think it's like because it's in English. Like, there's an opportunity to like for this like pan-European comedy, which is probably not good, and it probably, if anything, would lead to to bad things, like Volt. But do you see something like that in the, like, uh, Bimmerman probably embodies that a little bit, even from the German perspective, but especially those videos, like, which are more, more recent and like the United States of Europe is like, it's almost like all the jokes have to be like the go-to jokes of like the, like the lowest common denominator of like, you know, international jokes. Like Germans are like this and then the Dutch are like this and oh, what are the, what are the French like? Um, but that I'm wondering how that ties into like a potential uh, European identity of that, that that you spent so much time uh, um, thinking about. Me, yeah. Kind yeah. um, <laughs> of fucking dumb. Yeah. Okay. So, like, my my main critique of that United States of Europe thing is like there's no jokes in that. Um, <laughs> I think the only joke is like he refers to his. Um, his dick as his Schengen area, which is just like a really Schengen area is the part of like Europe where there's no border checks, basically, uh, um, which is a lot of Europe. Um, it's the whole thing is very st- dumb and steeped with ideology. There's a segment of German left liberals who really like the idea of a federal, as this thing says, United States of Europe, where like somehow by all of us coming together we would make a much better country and this is 
this is shown as example by like pointing to other large federations like United States and Russia and Brazil and being like, look how successful those countries are. Um, like, I, I don't know where it comes from, but like it, it exists as a current here. And it's very strange because they will never like doing pan-European comedy, which we've, I guess, tried to do on the show, won't work for like left liberals because they're too afraid of going into what they think is probably the language of the right. Like they will, they will rely on stereotypes of other countries that are considered safe, or like these are the stereotypes that those countries want you to think that they have. Like, oh, the the French love butter or whatever, yeah. or not butter. Sorry, Jesus, bread, baguettes, like that kind of like really surface level <laughs> hack shit. Because anything more would be deemed like offensive. Like I don't know, our I think our go to jokes on like the French here is that they love like racism and having affairs like that's that's like that's the kind of stuff they would not be willing to even touch because they would see it as like no that will get in the way of the pan-european project because we'll piss off the french or something um it's very strange that's interesting that sounds like it ultimately results in a it's something that can't possibly be funny (laughs) yeah <laughs> Pretty much. You saw but that video, I right? Think, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Baguette man and everything. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. very subtly. But I do think there's something. So I want to talk a little bit about the police son video. Um, I'm not sure if you watched it, oh, Jake, because yeah. it's in German. But I so did actually. Okay, I think okay. I I got a gist for what was going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Could, so he says like three comedy. It's a universal <laughs> language, you know. Yeah, I speak. It's the thing comedy. I'm. I'm always saying Duolingo comedy. Um, <laughs> so he, uh, his dad was a police officer and died when Jan Boomerman was a teenager. So he brings it up all the time. Um, like, a, I guess like a Pete Davidson thing. So <laughs> this is like, his, his dad died of natural causes. Though. He, wasn't, like, he wasn't killed in the line of duty or anything. <laughs> like, oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Um, and so this video where he's like, it's a parody of German rap, which already is like comedy gold for a lot of people because it's like, isn't that so funny? They talk funny and use and sound dumb and use dumb words, um, mm. which is a whole nother. That, that's, that's, that's a long time coming. Um, but then in this, the whole joke, which I think is like a funny premise, like I laughed at some points of the video, which is that like, yeah, my like crew, my gang is the police and I can call them to like, you know, run up on you. And like the reason that's so fascinating is because um like kind of like the like wrongness of it's funny, you know, like loving the police, like we, you know, that's there's something like, yeah. uh, um, like wrong about that. But I like, I don't think he's doing this on purpose. Like in the police video, no. he, he can't leave it. Like, isn't it bad to love the police? And I do. Cause he like switches it to like these like everyday people just singing along to the chorus and being like the police protect us. So like it, it veers into that. But if you had taken that out, um, like, if he didn't, like, wink in that way, I would read, like, United States of Europe in the same way. Like, I love this force that you can just, like, like, why are you trying to resist it? Just join the, like, pan-European, uh, uh, Borg, you know? It's like, everything's safe. Everything's fine with this, like, you know, our, our grand protector and leader. You just have to love them. And all these people who don't love them, we have to crush. <laughs> And like, there's like a, there's like a tiny bit of that in his videos. I don't know if he's like, 
I, I wouldn't say this otherwise, but in the police video, he like the lyrics veer a little bit into being like, they'll like, they'll kill you. Like they'll beat you up for no reason. And it's like, yeah. but they're on my side. That's great. And like that dynamic, I think show it points to like a, maybe like a, I don't know, like a boundary in his comedy that like, who knows what the future holds, but it's kind of like the left liberal uh, mindset, you know, when pushed on that area, they'll be like, well, I'll just join the like, you know, I am a, I'm a court jester for the most powerful force here. So like, you know, if that's the United States of Europe and that's like what we all want, like, you know, why resist it? Get on board. It means we're going to have a, we will be protected. You know, Pete, you, you, I, Jan Böhmermann and you listening, uh, we will be, uh, we will be respected and loved in this pan-European federation. It's Yeah, go ahead, Jake. If you have anything to say. <laughs> yeah, my brain's kind of swimming with what you were just talking about. I, what, what is the left liberal point of view when it comes to stuff like the police or like this, you know, so, conversation yeah, so, about... So he's done... He had a whole other video uh, based on... Because last year, over the past couple of years, there have been like just tons of like you know neo-nazi cells and the police and the army in germany like broken up like telegram chats revealed and stuff and he did a whole episode on it and he talks about all of it like one of the slogans that people say about the police comes directly from nazi germany like saying they're your friend and helper um and so like he goes through all that and then at the end he's basically like we need to reform the police like they they should serve us like they should be they should reflect the best of society it's like that's yeah, all he training. can do. Yeah. Well, what I was getting at, what I'm thinking about is uh liberals like they kind of have this ability by virtue of some very deep-seated point of view to pivot between like you know, one month they're they say a cab now, which is really funny in the States because oh. that used to be a biker oh God, thing, like right. a punk thing. Yeah. But then also when it comes right down to it and you go, well, what should be done about the police? They pivot to this reform thing and go, well, there's nothing that can be done. And then nothing that can be done conclusion, I think, is where you then get a comedian resolving the whole conflict in that by going, well, isn't it funny to talk about how the police are essentially a reality that i like and it's there's this darkness to it about how yep. the fact that they'll kill you sometimes and that's pretty much the end of the thought is like you know i look at me i'm a smart comedian who's able to point out darkness in these like realities which is it's just a it's much a different way of looking at it than what i'm used to which is like no you can change this like mm-hmm. you should be yeah, angry yeah. about cops and be like you know talking about how you could fucking take this shit down but like so, something about the, the fucking like what else are you gonna do perspective of someone who's ingrained in you know a class in society that like can't really actually conceive of itself in opposition to this stuff is um i don't know i think the comedy tells the story it's like the tea leaves are in there mm-hmm. the person thinks what they think of it is inevitable and you could tell by what they're doing with like this this presentation of this stuff as a like a un unmovable object you know yeah yeah um, for sure because like I, I think the, the i was watching this with a uh, 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 nick earlier like r.i.p i i he uh, whatever he uh, um couldn't make it but the 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 thing that's going on with the like ich have polizei like i have the police uh, music video is 
very interesting because you can totally tell the writer's process behind it of like the writer's room were like, okay, Deutsch rap, German rap is really into this whole like, they're doing the gangster stuff that was happening in the 90s in, in like American rap. A lot of songs about like, you can't like step up to me because I have like a whole gang be- backing me, right? Yeah. And then the whole joke of this is like, what if we did that for Jan Boomerman and the gang that we're talking about is the police? Yeah. And Nick very correctly pointed out, I was like, well, they've actually stumbled on a very good point here, which is basically the police operate like a gang. <laughs> and they, but they're, they're doing it as a bit. They don't really, I don't think, realize that they've made the point correctly. Because, like, the whole, the lines in there of just, like, oh, they'll beat you up, or they'll, like, uh, uh, um, and you won't be, like, who are you going to run to? What you, There's no one you can run to, kind of thing, if they do this to you, is, I think, being played as a joke of, like, I think the people writing that are like, oh, that wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Because right. this video is also older than like a lot of incidents in like what Rob was talking about, the like neo-Nazi stuff. Yeah, but, but he like, mentions it in the video too, though. He's like, yeah, yeah they do like, they, they like, uh, they like beat up seven people a, a week or something like that. Um, there's this, I just had to send this, this picture. Uh, this is a screen. This is actually like, so uh, Jan Berman's like driving a car with sunglasses. So I guess he's supposed to, yeah, like a gangster or whatever. And he has a cab. Yeah tattooed against across his knuckles (laughs) and you see that early when he's driving and then like a minute later he brings his other hand up to like you know have two hands on the wheel and there's just an n tattooed on it so it lines up for like n a cab which i can only assume means not all cops are bastards yeah which is like (laughs) it's just like like even that joke like how are you supposed to reconcile that other than the fact that like i love the cops (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so that's a hundred percent what this is. But like, yeah. but he still says all the time that like, yeah, they'll they they might kill you, but you know, gotta love the cops. Yeah. Because I, I think it's also worth pointing out that like another bit that's happening in this video, if you don't know Yamboman, is the way he's dressed. Like this man doesn't dress like this, and the way he does dress is from the tradition of like German cabaret. Like he's the kind of guy who's like, I do comedy in a tuxedo. Mm-hmm. kind of thing like this mm-hmm. is a this is a dinner soiree and i'm entertaining you is basically yeah, yeah, yeah. the idea of like cabaret <laughs> comedy and he's very much about that life and he's his whole thing is like he's a part of the bourgeoisie and he and he's like not necessarily ashamed of that there's no like sect of this comedian like of this style of german comedy to be like it's okay to be punk or you must be viewed as like an everyman even um yeah, it's it's a very strange thing, but like, I'm I'm sure that's how the police operate for you. Like, yeah. if the whole beginning of the video, he calls them up and they're instantly there to protect him or whatever because yeah. you're a celebrity in Germany and for reasons we'll get into in a minute, had police protection for a while. Yeah, I think I I think you're you're right, Jake. That his like his fundamental like his humor is just you know I like the cops like I like the like authority you can't change it isn't that bad but you know at the end of the day i like it and i think it comes through more clearly in his german stuff than in the english stuff um i don't think it's a coincidence that like the police video is the clearest one of the ones we've talked about and that's the the only one in german it's also the most viewed and most popular one mm. that's why i included it um all right i think i think we need to before wrapping up i think we need to talk about like maybe two controversies that I think are, are worth pointing out because uh, um, unfortunately, Jake, uh, without this man, we wouldn't be able to podcast. And I'll mm. explain what that Trailblazer. means in a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
First thing was, one of the things that we got obsessed with when we started the show was the Ibiza affair, which was basically a bunch of Austrian politicians being duped by this actress who was pretending to be a Russian heiress, um, basically saying, uh, um, was basically getting to them to admit on a hidden camera that they would do all these, like, public procurement scams in favor of just, like, her giving them money. Um, they were from the far right yeah. party too. They were from the that, far that's, right that's Austrian important. party. Yeah. They're just like yeah. knocking back Red Bulls and being like, "Do you like skiing? Do you want? <laughs> do, you, do you want? A, do you want a, a chairlift company?" Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it was. It. Like, I think the joke we said at the time. It was. They were all acting like they'd just been to the strip club for the first time and they don't realize that the stripper like doesn't love them kind of thing. It was right. very kind of pathetic. This like like caused a big scandal in Austrian politics, like people's careers got destroyed and stuff like that. It was a big thing. But like the weird conspiracy brain people noticed that this German comedian was kinda of, like tweeting about it like a couple of days before it came out, when it was like the video was suddenly leaked. And also, when it was leaked, he had, I think it was like two days after it was leaked, he posted on his Twitter like a picture of him in the room where it happened, like the holiday home that they rented it from. And I think he convinced every. He then put like a huge timer on his website. And I think he convinced everyone that he was going to release another angle of the same footage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But then when the timer ended, it was just like him singing, I think like Atomlos or something, like a like a German dance hit or something. Mm. That's like that's being uh, like Rick Rolled or something, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was like one controversy that caused some press. I'm still kind of of the belief that he's managed to make it into upper echelons of society that he can learn about a tape like this before it gets released. Because yeah, yeah I think so. It was no, filmed I, like I would not it was be surprised like a couple if of years was, before it was released. Yeah, I would not be surprised if he was somehow not involved in the planning but knew about it. Um, because as, as people pointed out, like this far right party had been in the, had been the junior partner in the ruling coalition in Austria for what, two years at that point. So it's like, yeah. you could have sped up when they were passing all those, all those laws, all those terrible, like, yeah. <laughs> you had to wait two years. No, yeah. They, they sat on that video for like four years or something. <laughs> and people were like, this party is like a direct descendant from like the Austrian wing of the SS. You could have like gotten rid of them from the government a lot sooner. That would have been nice. Yeah. So no, it, it's very fitting. Like if he's oh, like, yeah. I, I don't want to be like, oh no, you're you're trying to act like Jan Böhmermann. You're you're trying to act like you're more powerful than you are. It's like this is exactly the kind of activism I can imagine you doing. Like do this, <laughs> and then uh, the 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 the, uh, the center right, which is like really stretching the word center. Um, mm. uh, Prime Minister or Chancellor uh, Sebastian Kurz just like he resigned and then came back with like a uh, like a stronger majority in in the elections. So like you know, yeah. good job polite clap uh respectful Uh golf clap but the main controversy i want to talk about uh, and the big one i think from like his wikipedia page and like for anyone who knows him is the uh erdogan poem he did he he had like a serious moment on his show where he talked about the like limits of comedy in uh, um in germany and then started to read a poem about the prime minister or no president of turkey uh um about how he's let's see let's see let's see what are the terms he is uh um oh god what, what were the terms oh yeah here we go okay he calls president Tur- uh uh Recep Tayyip Erdogan a man who beats girls fucks goats 
and suppresses minorities. Uh, this is all in the form of a poem. And, um, yeah, it's a weird thing because this causes a diplomatic scandal because, for anyone who doesn't know, there's a lot of Turkish people in, in Germany uh, um, or people of Turkish descent. Um, and, like, literally the foreign, the embassies calling up Angela Merkel being like, what the fuck is this? You need to stop it. <laughs> They drag up these archaic laws, uh, um, section 103 and 104 of the German Penal Code, which is like, you cannot publicly insult foreign heads of state. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And they sue him for this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was back in, God, 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, The... TV channel he did this on like scraped it from their like records like they have like a Netflix style thing where you can watch like older versions of the shows it's not on there mm. um, and things like that it caused a whole diplomatic incident they tried to sue him this is the first time this law had ever been like used in Germany and the lawsuit fell through the laws got re- like abolished in 2018 and then 2019, we start this podcast where we insult foreign heads all the time. <laughs> um, oh, man. Except for the German president. You can't do that here. We, we yeah. all have to like the pointless head of stage that is the German president. We can insult the chancellor, but not the president. That's not and, real, is it? No, that is real. Yeah, you can't insult the president. <laughs> wow, what the hell? He's completely powerless. Like, it's not an insult to say that. He has actually no functional power within society. He's just like, uh, uh, be careful, there to Kieran. <laughs> to describe yeah. his, his his job his job description I, i've told you once before i met him like he visited <laughs> ireland to check out my friend's cow farm about like oh this is where the beef comes from and I like it. <laughs> man that is bananas that and i remember thinking uh, he's uh, great <laughs> um yeah this kind of reminds me of i know i was talking about mexico earlier drawing a parallel here but uh you ever heard of this guy Broso in Mexico? I have, but I think I've only heard you talk about him. His uh, his name is Broso El Payaso Tene Broso, and he's it translates to Broso the the creepy clown. And he is, I, I noticing some parallels here because, like you're saying, like uh, uh, Bo- Boomerman is you know working in the tradition of the cabaret. Well, the reason Broso is a clown is because you know, but. He's working in the tradition of the caravan and stuff like that, but he's putting this modern twist on all this stuff. And they, they call him the John Stewart of Mexico. And ultimately, he's a lib. Like, even when, like, um, what's his name? Amelo got in. I think, uh, you know, I was following correctly very vaguely. I'm probably not getting this totally right, but I remember, like, friends of mine in Mexico saying, Yeah, you know, Broso's cool, but he's like a fucking boomer. He's like old and, and he, uh, sure, he's, yeah. he's a lib and he's not all, all up on, you know, what we, what, you know, he's not a fucking Zapatista or whatever. Um, <laughs> that being said, he, it's funny because it, it seems in certain parts of the world, a comedian can still be like, could serve the function of a, a a freaking comedian which is to you know mm-hmm. get entangled with like the government on issues of free speech and stuff like that and uh yeah broso had a bunch of those things happen where he had like um i think with his tv show he he did like a weird hidden camera punked thing and exposed like 
someone who was taking money they weren't supposed to and it became this whole fucking thing that i don't know the details of or whatever but it's interesting you know i want to be forgiving to these comedians for being libs in some sense because the some of the comedy the comedy stuff they're doing does seem to be serving uh a a, like an interesting purpose in terms Mm. of free speech and stuff like that i don't know i mean it's you know i'm not a free speech person in the the right wing sense or by any means at all but i you know it is kind of a core issue at the heart of comedy and i do think it's cool mm-hmm. when people get get into it oh yeah, yeah like i i mean uh, the one of the things that we have to deal with here compared to like american podcasts that we take inspiration from is that libel laws in europe are like much stronger and by and large because you have to have like the legal funds to actually pursue suing someone for libel they tend to be just like mechanisms of the rich to like defend themselves or get like wild widely known allegations about them like expunged from the record because there's no like concrete evidence of it like um i give you like a good example of like when like epstein was revealed or not epstein sorry uh, um weinstein was revealed in like 2016 or 2017 or whatever everyone like showed these like you know montages of every like weinstein joke ever made in like 30 rock where they're basically hinting that they all knew uh, because they probably did and like that kind of shit would be like shut down immediately in europe because you have no concrete evidence of it and you'd have to wait for 2017 for anyone to really know what was going on oh wow um, yeah it's 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 pretty fucked how like libel law in like in the letter of the law you can kind of like oh that makes sense that'd be nice if i couldn't be slandered publicly but then you realize like because of class and stuff the only people who ever really get to use it are people who have the money to have legal teams and pursue because libel law is not like a law that like a cop will stop you for it's something you have to pursue yourself right yeah yeah um i i agree that the um the edoan poem had like a bit of a breakthrough and a uh like because it went viral like actually viral like in like you know not like a planned sense because like yeah the the youtube channel that's like controlled by the state uh, Mm -hmm. um the state channel that he's on did not like make the clip. The clip was uploaded onto like a third channel, yeah. like and, someone's screen capture uh, TV. If I'm not mistaken, it was like part of the bit to be like, "This is illegal." What I'm about to do, like to like, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, uh, <laughs> he Trevor did the whitest kids you know bit, like, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so it worked, right? And I think you were saying, Jake, about like the goal of comedy. I think that's like for Boomerman, like one of the that's like the best case scenario because a lot of times. And I don't know if this is good or bad or just annoys me specifically, but because um, he has such like a devoted and like certain, I mentioned the before, like Reddit guy fan base of like online that so much of the like, so very similar to John Oliver. Like remember John Oliver got drunk to go like quote unquote viral. Like right. I feel like a lot of his bits just turn into that. You know, it's kind of like an in-joke in, in, in a certain uh, yeah, a little certain stratum so of, uh, of, yeah. of German society. And that a lot of the like breakthrough into you know the society just lends itself to like you know um, there's this there's a satire party called Departai which we which we kind of hate <laughs> even though they're like vaguely left but it's just like what you're saying before it's like you are literally a political party why are you like why is this just a joke you know to you <laughs> um, and like you know doing stuff like like writing stuff like that or the pirate party and it's almost like they act like in, in a certain way, they're still, like, above it all, you know? Even though they're, like, following the news constantly and watching this show, which is, like, did you hear the latest from this, like, what so-and-so said? Um, and, like, they don't quite tease out that contradiction of, like, we 
consume all this news, but you know, we still have to have this like, you know, hands off uh, approach to it sometimes. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree with this, like kind of everything else has been kind of comedy to, uh, square the circle of like, we can recognize the darkness, but also not really advocate for any real change. Uh, and, that kind of just like that puts a little neat bow on it and we don't have to think about it again uh, but uh it's also worth pointing out that like the the poem about erdogan was also kind of racist because like <laughs> using the yeah. term goat fucker was not great um to describe someone from the middle east uh, uh or what would be considered the middle east um i think he acknowledged that and apologized when people brought it up to him but yeah yeah he just said his 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 thing, which I guess he means dick, smells like duna, stuff like that. Mm, okay, that's not great. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not great. Ay ay ay. Yeah. Um, I guess that's about it on Boomerman. But if you want to talk more about like I don't know the role of comedy in politics, I'm you know I'm I'm all ears. <laughs> not, I don't know what 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 you think, Kieran, but you know. I mean, we, yeah, we try to wrestle end. with this problem ourselves. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Um, I mean, that's that's the end of like Boomman's story. Like, I mean, not the end. He's still like on TV. His show, like I said earlier, got moved from like the second channel meant for like young kids and hipsters to like the main channel that everyone watches because it became so popular. Yeah. Um, he has like a Spotify podcast deal, but yeah. like for the German language market, which like was uh, briefly like the most downloaded podcast in Germany think uh, they, they were doing daily episodes at the beginning of the pandemic so i think they like shot up in the in the rankings oh right yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. he also had the most downloaded podcast in germany back in 2008 when he had this thing where he was like bullying one footballer he just he just did this thing where he bullied one footballer for ages <laughs> um, yeah i don't i don't i didn't really get the context of that but uh it sounds it sounds like it could be funny <laughs> Yeah, he's he's from he's from like the west of Germany, and he got a start in like Cologne, which is like one of the big West German cities. Uh, and yeah, he he had this thing against Lucas Podolski, where he wrote a column which was just like in the voice of this footballer as his like diary, and I think basically just talking about how he's an idiot and like incompetent football. The footballer tried to sue after the lawsuit. He made a podcast called Lucas Pod. Alski, uh, um, uh, that was again just like a football podcast where he just like mocked this one footballer after the lawsuit failed. I don't really know what the deal was, but yeah, there was just like a whole, um, I want to say like four year stretch where like Jan Bunneman's early career was just mocking this one footballer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess that is the extent of Boomerman. Uh, um, it, there's kind of like signs in the horizon of like him as the household comedy name in Germany coming to an end. Like I said earlier, like because um, something happened. I think I think it was 2019. Like first when I ran moved here, uh, Comedy Central Germany started basically, and they started by being like, "Oh, here's the dub of." Uh, like Brooklyn Nine-Nine or whatever. Uh, and then once they made that foundation, they started doing original German content, which has this huge focus on stand-up and particularly stand-up as an American art form, which 
again, like these are German people doing it, but this is not like Jan Boomman's scene at all. Uh, and so they've they've got their they've got their darling in Shahak Shapira, who I think is like becoming like the next household name in German comedy. We'll but, like, see, but he could cross over into the U.S. Um, you know, he was on yes. Seth Meyers. The other, I, I actually forgot, I just looked it up, that Mark Uwekling, the kangaroo guy I talked about, his book, his last, his last book was just translated into English, and he signed a deal with Mike Judge to do an HBO show on the book that was just canceled. I don't know. Whoa. Why. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it was, yeah. I remember when I read that, I was like, oh, like, wow. Then I guess Mike I'll be seeing a lot yeah. of him. But um, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with that. Wow. So there's something you you might see more of these uh, these German comedians. Uh, <laughs> state. It's side. definitely. Yeah. It, I think Kieran's probably right. It definitely seems like the the arc of this, whether it's natural or whether it's like intentional, because the producers of this sort of stuff seem to think that this is where things are going. Is hmm. he's gonna be an old, not not like an older thing but he's you know on the way out what he's doing this whole thing where you're like a presenter and a you know the european style of comic and like the the stand-up thing is 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 the next wave but i mean i feel like there's countries all over the world where like we're trying to do this thing where we're like exporting what it is to be a, an actual joke-telling American-style stand-up comic. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I guess I'm wondering, has the graft taken? Like, does this actually go and, and run in other places? Or is it, like, a thing that's environment is only America, you know? Uh I don't know if this is if stand-up has been happening long enough for that answer to really, or that question to really be answered. You know, does a third thing happen? I, the philosophical question at the heart of this is that, like, is comedy grown naturally out of a fucking place and a society and its culture and stuff? Yeah. Or not, I think, you know? I think it's, I think the, the problem is, like, I think the problem you get in that was, like, where's the, like, where's the control experiment? Like, we don't have a version of Germany that is, like, free of American influence. Like, maybe if East Germany still exists or whatever. But, like, um, to, like, really see what their comedy shapes up to be. We have no, like, compare and contrast because Jan Boomman, like Rob was saying, did take some American elements. I think he successfully incorporated it into, like, German tradition. Um, But he does have... He does have an American comedian, like, American-born comedian who speaks German do, like, the warm-up at his show. Uh, like, if you go to the live recording of the show, uh, a guy in Berlin called Paul uh, um, flies out to Hamburg and does the, like, warm-up act of, like, oh, where are you from? You excited to see the taping? Blah, blah, blah. So there's still this kind of, like, very American stand-up influence there. The thing that's happening with Comedy Central that I find very interesting, or, like, I've seen it happen in Ireland as well, is, like, they'll do stand-up comedy and they're always in front of, like, the red brick wall, which is very particular because, like, a lot of German buildings weren't built with, like, red bit bricks. Like, they're just doing that to make it look like it's a club in New York. Oh, wow. Or, like, in the basement and stuff. And it's just, like, that's not what the inside of, like, any actual real basement venue you would go to in this city looks like. Um, it's it's very strange. And it's hard to know. Like, because it's... it's I mean, will it just, like, feed into the same thing? Will they just, like, do American-style stand-up but then ultimately end up doing something like this 
if they become successful. It's it's very hard to tell. Like there's no there's no America free Germany to compare with. Yeah. To... You know what's interesting is there's a there's a language barrier, but there's some extent to where there isn't a culture barrier. Like the, mm. you know, we're talking about this United States of Europe thing and everything, and like the the whole question of nationalism and everything, but like is the future that you know something that that sort of like pushes all of these dynamics in certain directions that there's just a creeping like monoculture that covers the entire globe i'm in a real galaxy brain space thinking about this right now because i was just reading um really boring eric hobsbawm book about nationalism and he's talking about how um like in the the early 1800s in a lot of european countries there wasn't a sense of nationalism in a lot of countries um like uh, until certain things happened and so he goes in and describes you know what creates a sense of where like 90 percent of the the fucking joe schmo people in a country think i am austrian or whatever right um and it's interesting because a lot of people weren't literate for a long time it's something i hadn't thought about until i was reading this I know it's going off in a weird direction, but is um, religion was like the thing that people thought of as the block of people that they belonged to before then a bunch of events occurred that then like that changed to now I'm a Frenchman or whatever, or I'm German or whatever. So, you know, on a long enough timeline, you can see these things uh, aren't static and like, I guess I'm thinking about all that and I'm looking at stuff like culture and, you know, comedy being one aspect of it and going, is this going to be a, is this going to be a, like a thing that changes all of this stuff? You know, uh, maybe, maybe this, this phenomenon of seeing American style, like comedy exported will look less and less weird over time because it's, we're just going to all be doing this all over the place. And it's not so much going to feel like American culture anymore as it is just like world culture or something Mm. it's a it's a strange concept but also like speaking of like nation building in europe it's amazing how like so much of that still hasn't taken hold like one of the things we've been talking about a little bit with the erdogan poems like the islamophobia like you'd be forgiven for thinking black people don't exist in this continent because like europe is still kind of thinking about themselves in terms of christendom (laughs) and like the real threat is the is the muslims and therefore um like turkey is not europe but like kind of is it can shut up (laughs) yeah you just think that because they're muslim (laughs) that's a good point i think i was being a little optimistic there i think we're still actually (laughs) very much back in the 1800s oh the amount of inter-italian racism that exists (laughs) italians hate other types of italians it's great but i think there's something to be said of like i maybe this is just optimistic but like a certain kind of whether it's comedic culture or even like a specific um, program or like, you know, even a a scene that becomes more and more, yeah, transnational or cosmopolitan. But I do worry that 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 will only happen in the present moment if it detaches from like local like styles and whatever and local traditions. And so like then you would still have this like very – um, I don't know, unique or interesting, like local perspective, but it's just has it's just a not interested in like I don't know becoming famous or making a career out of it or I mean like certainly on on Twitter and social media these things happen a lot, but are they professional comedians? No, they're just you know they're just doing their thing. Um, hmm. So that's a little bit of a tension. I mean I don't know where that goes, but um, 
Yeah, I, I think you if, nailed it. That's what the present <laughs> moment is. That's what it, I mean. That's why I hate comedy right now. Is because the the funniest people I know are keyed into reality in a way that is in direct conflict with you know mm. a career that could possibly sell to the audience because the you know the the machine wants you to be yeah cosmopolitan. Yes, because that will that will work better when we put you on the TV. That TV has to work in like. Not only does it have to work in Berlin, it has to work in Cologne and Hamburg and also possibly Austria and Switzerland and everywhere else that speaks German. Um, like, you have to be devoid of all those kind of local character, which is why I like being the English-speaking comedian in the English-speaking comedy scene in Berlin. Because, again, we all just sit around being like, no one is making a career out of this. <laughs> this isn't, this is like, we do a couple of shows, but like... If you want to be like successful as a comedian in Germany, you have to, you have to do this fucking off Deutsch. You can't like do this in English. You're very noble. Yeah. You're 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 refusing. Yeah, to I'm, learn I'm German. a hero. <laughs> 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 Give me your seat on the bus. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, I think that will wrap it us up now. Uh, uh, Jake, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I yeah. love talking about stuff like this. Uh, uh, where can people find you if they want to find you if they don't know you already? I think they might. Uh, if you don't, my handle on all social media is Feral Jokes. Feral like an animal, jokes like jokes. It's an anagram for my name. It's my website. It's my everything. Um, and my, I have two podcasts, which uh, you can listen to. They're both pretty similar to what we're talking about here. One of them is called Pod Damn America. I do it with a couple other comics. We talk about leftist stuff, news stuff, history, yada, yada, yada. The other one's called Why You Mad, and it's a little bit more uh, arts and culture and stuff like that. And uh, it's all on my website, my Twitter, and yada, yada, yada. Nice. We'll put links to that in the description, obviously. Uh, they're good shows. Um, I'm trying to think, do we have anything to plug? I mean, we're recording this before the live show, but the live show's happened, so... If you weren't there, um, yeah. sucks to be you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing yet, I think. We can... Uh, yeah, fair enough. But maybe and, uh, soon. Uh, ooh, maybe maybe soon. Things are opening up again, and we might be the biggest podcast in Berlin. It sucks that that's the case, but <laughs> we might be. That's, I mean, but if, like, wow. the biggest English language one, like, those, yeah, those, like, those German yeah. stuff... <laughs> They were, they were crushed. Oh, yeah, I'll listen to us. the Bullying a Footballer podcast, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. Listen to yeah. the Techno that's... podcast that's yeah. just all bleeps and bloops. Yeah, they have it's 50 million downloads a day. <laughs> 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 all right. Ciao, ciao, everyone. Bye. Bye.